This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Thank you so much for being here and being a part of this online service. It is my honor and privilege to bring you a word every Sunday. And if you have been following along throughout the month of May, we have been doing a series called Dominion and Authority. Now, the very first week we looked at what does that mean for believers? We unpacked what dominion is, what authority is. The next week we looked at establishing dominion and authority in our homes. Last week we unpacked a dominion over sin and I brought out my luggage and showed what that looked like, you know, carrying around all of that luggage and whether or not we are giving that over to Jesus and uh, receiving his forgiveness and that freedom of laying it all down. And this week we are going to look at yet another um, I would say simple but complicated issue and, uh, and address that with God's Word, and that is the dominion over disease. Now, I say complicated because we have all had people in our lives that we've prayed for, and, and some of those people were, were healed, and some of those people weren't. And without getting into... Uh, opening up a can of worms and, and trying to understand why, why that happened. We're going to first of all just know that God is bigger and greater and His, His dominion and authority is something that we will never fully understand uh, why things happen uh, the way that they happen. However, we are going to unpack today God's biblical truth and we're going to ask ourselves three questions. We're going to ask ourselves if, if whatever situation, illness, whatever we're experiencing right now, we have to ask ourselves, one, do we believe that, that God gave us that? Do we, do we think that God caused that illness in our life? Number two, do we believe that Jesus is greater? Do we believe that Jesus can heal us of our sickness and disease? And then number three, do we want to be healed? Those are the three questions that we're going to be looking at today and unpacking God's truth. And so there is a lot to go over. So before we get started, let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this word and how this particular word has touched so many people, this topic. And I just pray that you will anoint me, Holy Spirit, that I may speak your truth with love, and that we can have a better understanding today of our dominion in Christ Jesus over disease. I just pray for each person listening, each person watching today and joining us that you will speak directly to their hearts and that they will see your truth. We love you and praise you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So while I was preparing for today, I'm not joking, there were three different people that I spoke with and those three people 
admitted to me that either one, they didn't know why God was allowing this season in their life, why, why God was doing that to them. And the other two people both admitted that they felt God gave them the disease. That the disease was from God because he was working and moving in their life and, and the disease is, is, was the catalyst. The, the disease was what he gave them. One person believed they were, it was a punishment by God. And, and the other person believed that God freely gave them that disease to do a work in their life. So when we go back to the very first question and we ask ourselves, you know, do we believe that God gives us these diseases, that he gives us cancer, that he, he gives us these debilitating diseases for a reason? That's the very first thing I want to look at. And I'm going to ask you to remember back, go back with me to the garden and how God had created the world and everything in the garden was perfect. It was perfectly, you know, man and woman, perfect weather, perfect everything. Everything was perfect and it had God's shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. So if there's nothing broken, then there's no disease and disorder and depression and anxiety and cancer. There's nothing missing. We're not lacking anything in the garden and there's nothing broken. But when sin entered the world, right? Through the process of the devil coming to Eve and saying, did God really say you shouldn't eat from this particular fruit in the garden? And the transaction that happened and with Eve taking the fruit and giving it to her husband and when sin entered the world, everything changed. Everything changed. And the enemy then took dominion over the world and has been wreaking havoc ever since. And so we got to go back to the beginning to understand how did God originally design the world? There was no disease. There was no death. There was nothing negative. It was perfect. Perfect. So when we look at other scriptures that, that talk about what happened in the garden and how the enemy came and um, started to, you know, work on destroying God's plan for, for bringing the seed into the world that would crush the serpent's head, the devil didn't know which seed that was. And he attempted to, to diminish every single major character in the Bible and take them out because he wanted to crush that person because he didn't want his head crushed by the person that God was sending. And so we look at all of the things that have happened, all the biblical um, people that have played a role in the Bible that have been working from the very beginning up until Christ for this restoration, this, this thing to happen so God could restore back his 
perfect shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. So disease and death was obvious tools that the enemy uses against humanity. And God even tells us that in his Bible, that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what is he coming to steal, kill, and destroy? Well, he's coming to steal our health, to kill our families, to, to destroy our, our lives, and, and who we think we are. That's the enemy's intent, and that is his goal, and that's how he's maneuvering his way throughout this world, is steal kill and destroy everyone he gets in contact with. So I've, I've read this book here, this Bible. I'm sure you have too. And I don't think we can recount any place in the Bible where it says, I'm going to give you cancer. I'm, I'm going to give you depression. I'm going to give you divorce. I'm going to give you this debilitating disease for punishment. God never says that. God actually tells us time and time and time and time and time again that he's going to give us life. And to the fullest, <coughs> excuse me, and then he loves us. Time and time and time again, he does that. <clears throat> so whatever you're facing right now, I want you to ask yourself, are you believing that God gave you this? Are you believing that, that God caused you to have this illness, this cancer, this disease? because he didn't, because he didn't cause it. This is what happens living in a broken world. This is what happens when we live in a fallen world where the enemy is rampant. This is what happens. So if we can establish, <clears throat> excuse me, if we can establish whether or not we believe that this illness, this, this whatever came into our life because of God. And we can answer the question, honestly, based on God's truth, the answer is no. Then we can move to the second question. Do you believe that Jesus can heal you? Now, we've been looking over the last couple of weeks the dominion and authority that we have in Jesus Christ because he came to the world to restore the plan that God had originally intended, right? That perfect peace. God sent Jesus to the world as the Prince of Peace so that he could restore all of that. That when he died on the cross and he said, it is finished, he had finished the work of the Father. And that was to cancel the plans of the enemy, to restore back to us that relationship, that intimate relationship that we could have with God. And when he came and was walking the earth, what was he doing? He was healing. He was restoring. He was saving. 
and, and he commissioned his disciples before he was taken up uh, to the Father that he was going to give them that same authority, give us that same authority so that we could be a part of that healing and that saving and that, and that commission to further the kingdom. So as we look at the Bible, we've got to go back to the Old Testament and, and see what Isaiah said. Isaiah was a prophet who was proclaiming what was going to happen um, when Jesus came on the scene. And this is the, one of the very big things that Isaiah says in chapter 53 for telling about Jesus and what he's going to do. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking specifically right now at Isaiah 53, starting in verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he'd hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now you have to understand that the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and in Greek, and we have attempted to translate the Bible over these many years. And there are times when the translation that we are reading does not give us the true meaning of the words and we miss something. And that's why it's so important when you're going to meditate on God's word, especially when you're going to study and, and look at different text, that you have some different translations, that you unpack some of these words, because it's important for us to understand what they were meaning, what they were talking about. So we read about sorrow. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Well, those two words, grief and sorrow, are not what they mean in this translation. Sorrow actually equals pain. Grief equals sickness. So, so what is he, Jesus, carrying for us? Yes, of course he carries our sorrows and our grief, but what this text is saying is that he carries and he bore our pain and our sickness on him, right? He took all of that. He took all of that from us so that we could be free, free from sickness and pain. So then, to understand what um, that was saying in Isaiah, we've got to go to Matthew chapter 8, 
So turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to pick up in verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So when you think about what Jesus did for us on the cross, he was held on the cross, not just by the nails, but by all of the sin and all of the shame and all of the pain and all of the sorrows and all of the sickness and all of the disease and all of the infirmities. And when he said, it is finished, that means that he overcame all of those things for us. And that we can have true freedom and dominion over sin, like we talked about last week, but over disease because of what he did for us on the cross. Now, go back to what I just said a couple minutes ago. Why do we have disease? Why do we have cancer? Why do we have all of these awful things that are in this broken world? It's because we live in a broken and fallen world and because the enemy has come here to steal, kill, and destroy. And what is one way that he can do that? By disease. He can inflict disease on us and, and cause us to be sick and cause us to die and take us off the path away from what God had intended, which was that perfect peace, that shalom, that nothing missing and nothing broken and make us forget who we are in Christ. And that because of Christ, he did the work for us. We are healed by his stripes. We are renewed. We are restored in Jesus name. Let's look at another verse. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. It doesn't say by whose stripes that you might be healed. It doesn't say by his stripes, maybe you could be healed. It says by whose stripes you were healed already past tense. You're healed. You're renewed. You're restored. Do you believe that today? If, if this is what we are basing our truth on as believers in Jesus Christ, it says right here that we're healed. So we have to grab onto that. We have to believe that. We have to receive that. And believing and receiving is part of it. We can't listen to the lies from the enemy. We have to believe God's truth. Turn with me to Psalm 103. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, who heals all your diseases. But Amy, you weren't sitting with me when I, I got my diagnosis and they just told, they told me that, that I had a, a 6% chance of living and that I, my body was filled with cancer and that I, I wasn't going to make it. You weren't, you weren't sitting there with me when I had to take that, that diagnosis. No, I wasn't. And I'm telling you that the enemy is going to try and take you out. That's his goal. His goal is to destroy those who believe in Jesus Christ. Those who believe in God, those who are walking around as image bearers of God, he doesn't like any of us and he's going to take us out. And I'm here to tell you that I have witnessed complete healings. I've talked with people who have been there when that dead person came back to life. When that uh, brokenness, whatever that was happening in their body was instantly healed. I've prayed over people and have seen miraculous healing and it wasn't because of what I was saying, it was what Jesus was doing because we were ushering in his words. There will be lying symptoms. There will be things that make you feel like you still have the disease. That's the enemy trying to make you believe that Jesus isn't really working. That he's really not that powerful. That he, that he really can't do in you what God's word says he can. And you have to not listen. You have to put him aside and rebuke him in Jesus' name and not listen to the lies of the enemy, not receive the diagnosis, not say out loud that you have cancer, that, that you have all of these awful things. We need to be decreeing and declaring life-giving words. And that was something that we had talked about, I believe it was the beginning of the year. What are we openly saying out loud? What are we creating? Because God spoke the world into existence. Let there be light. He didn't go down to Lowe's and buy the materials and whip up the world. No, he spoke everything into existence. And we, because we are created in God's image, we also have creative spirits. And so we have to be mindful and careful of what are we saying out loud? What are we growing in the garden of our hearts? What are we receiving? We only need to be saying life-giving words. We need to be speaking God's truth. We need to be thanking God and, and thanking Him for what He's doing before we can even see the fruits. 
that's faith. That's belief in what God's word says. That's belief that what Jesus did on the cross for us, not only nailing to the cross our sins and shame and and our weaknesses and and all the things that we do wrong, it's also all of the the suffering and the grief and the the disease and and the depression and everything that, that we can face while we're living here in this broken, fallen world. God did not give you the disease that you're dealing with right now or the person that you know who you love is dealing with right now. God did not do that. And that's the first question that you need to answer with no, that's not God's plan. The second one, this the second question about whether or not you believe Jesus can heal you, only you can answer that. You have to believe yourself. You have to believe his word. You have to believe and know that he is capable and powerful and that he wants to because he loves you. I can speak from experience. I'm not standing here preaching and teaching anything that I don't believe or that I haven't experienced because in 1996, I was diagnosed with a lifelong chronic illness that destroyed my life. And I battled 17 years losing everything I owned, my family, and almost my life. And for those 17 years, I didn't believe that God was big enough. I didn't understand why he was punishing me with this illness. I prayed to him and asked him to heal me, but didn't really believe he could. It wasn't until I went into this day of prayer, having exhausted everything, completely open to what the possibilities could be, that he completely healed me instantaneously I was healed and restored and walked out of that room leaving all of my luggage at the foot of the cross and walking out carrying my purse brand new in Jesus I didn't know what all that meant I didn't know what a life of following Jesus was going to look like but he took me by the hand and he showed me and now eight years later I am continually renewing my mind, standing on his promises, believing with everything that I am that God doesn't give us sickness, that God doesn't cause us pain, and that Jesus can heal anything. The third question today is one that I had to ask myself. And God, because of who he is, even orchestrated this third question, and I'll tell you that here in a second. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? That might seem like a silly question, but I've... I've been in front of people before that that question has been asked and they're used to the familiar 
they're used to the way they feel they're used to the 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 things that they've experienced for the so many years and and being healed is unfamiliar they're not sure what that's like just like we talked about last week when the israelites were saying really god did you take us out here in the middle of the desert to kill us we would be better off in egypt as slaves it can be the same with illness when it's been on us so many years and we're familiar with it and we know what it feels like and we're comfortable and we feel safe and do we really want to step out into Jesus's healing and that freedom and the unknown because what will that look like what will healing and restoration and newness look like what will he ask me to do what if Jesus asked me to do this? I am not prepared for that. And, and I don't even think I could go over there because I'm not really into mission trips and I don't even like bugs. I mean, you could do the what if situation all day long, but friends, let me tell you, the very first thing that he wants you to do is just believe. And he's not going to ask you to do anything that he hasn't equipped you for. And he certainly didn't take me and drop me eight years ago right into preaching and teaching because I wasn't ready. No, eight years later, he's taken me on this journey and showed me who I am and who he had designed me to be and brought me to this point right now. I wasn't ready back in 2013. And, and he knew that. But I'm ready, more ready now. So, do you want to be healed? I, I, I brought up how God orchestrated this because last week um, a friend of mine sent me a link to this story, not knowing that this was going to be our sermon topic this week. And I'm like, you know what? I couldn't even say this better myself, so I'm going to give all the credit to Betsy Amont who wrote this, it's called, Do You Want to Be Healed? Why We Sometimes Really Don't. And so thank you, Betsy, for writing this. And I think she wrote this back a few years ago. And so I'm going to just share this with you. And I would just ask for you to ask yourself this hard question, do you want to be healed? She writes, I love the story in the Bible in John 5 of the man who lay helplessly by the pool of Bethsaida. Apparently, this wasn't just any pool. It was rumored that angels came periodically and stirred the water. And whoever dove in first received miraculous healing. Needless to say, people flocked from near and far for a chance to participate in the phenomenon. However, this one man, sick from the same disease for 38 years, couldn't ever make it. To the pool fast enough. It was a bit of a hopeless situation for him. But Jesus, as always, changes everything. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? If you read this quickly, it's almost a, a dumb moment, like, uh, No disrespect, Jesus, but of course he wants to be healed. But does he? 
It's fascinating that when the sick man answered Jesus, he didn't give a simple yes or no. He offered an excuse. Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Think about it. This man has been sick for 38 years. He's comfortable in his disease by this point. He's resigned himself to being the victim and blaming others. He's having a pool pity party. And I probably would have too after so many years of the suffering and rejection. Think of the year's worth of hopes that flared every time the water stirred. How that hope immediately choked and drowned as another person inevitably made it to the healing waves first. Do you want to be healed? The sick man could have understandably laughed at that question. Maybe he did. Maybe he had to cough to hide a sarcastic snort. Or maybe he was so numb from the decades of futile attempts that he just shrugged and offered the only answer he could muster. Resignation is a dangerous thing. Jesus, in all his grace, gave the sick man a double blessing. He healed his body, but he also awakened his heart. He gave this man back a sense of purpose. He freed him from the bonds of self-pity, pride, and fear, discouragement, hopelessness, and resignation, all in one amazingly effective command. Get up, take up your bed, and walk. What? How? He hadn't even gone into the water yet. That's why I love Jesus so much, she writes. That's why I love him too. He didn't pacify this guy. He didn't pat him on the shoulder, say, there, there, and offer to piggyback him down into the pool. He didn't give up on him either and say, well, better luck next time. Nor did he bring down a dozen angels from heaven in grand pomp and circumstances to perform a gaudy performance. Jesus did something so much powerful. He invited the man into his own healing process. Now think about your sickness, your emotional wound, your scar, your grudge, your bitterness, your unforgiveness, that desire that you formed around you like a wall, effectively keeping out any additional pain and suffering. You're used to it. It's like a security blanket at this point. It's scratchy and a little damp, but it's your own blankie now. You talk about getting rid of your blankie, but how, how it's awful and it stinks and you're so desperate to be free of it. But when anyone tries to tug it away, you hold on tight. Do you want to be healed? Notice how the sick man had resigned himself to lingering near the healing, but not participating in it. And how often do we do that? We still go to church, but we sit in the back and refuse to talk to anyone. We still respond to our friends' texts asking how we are, but we say, doing great, 
and refuse to be vulnerable. We might even still read our Bible, but we skip the passages that convict and read the ones that make us feel safe instead. Understandably, in many ways, the sick man had given up. Yet, he was still enticed enough by the pool and the potential that he couldn't let himself get too far away. Maybe some rogue hope still resided deep inside even after all that time. Maybe that's what Jesus recognized and responded to. Maybe that's why Jesus asked him, Do you want to be healed? Because he already knew the answer. But the sick man needed to know the answer. He needed to participate in his own healing. He needed to face the fact that sometimes healing can be dangerous. It can even hurt worse than the original wound. Broken bones have to be set, and that setting can first mean rebreaking. It's easy to pray and ask God to heal us, to strengthen us, to remove this issue in our life, to free us of our infirmities, but are we truly willing to be healed? Are we ready to let go of the security blanket and give Jesus access to those scabbed, wounded places? If so, it means that we have to get up and walk. It means using sedentary muscles not used to exercise. It means allowing blood to flow into places long paralyzed. It could hurt. Most likely, it could hurt a lot at first. But that's the difference between living your life poolside and swimming freely into the abundant life God has for you as his child. Thank you, Becky. I don't know if you'll ever watch this, but thank you for those beautiful words and for allowing us to dive deeper into the question Do you want to be healed? Everything she said there at the end is possible. And God doesn't promise us a life without pain. And for me, over the last seven years, even though I was completely healed, I had to go back and unpack those suitcases. I had to go back and understand why was I carrying around guilt and shame and pain and and why had the door opened for the enemy to come in and give me that illness I had to unpack all of that so that I could allow the Lord to heal all of those broken places that he could put his salve over all of those spots that needed complete healing so that he could shine his light into every area of my life where I had been broken and believing some lie about myself so that I could experience the true healing. You see, it's, it takes time. It takes time for once we are healed for our body to catch up, for it to be completely restored back to the way God had designed it. Sometimes we're not patient. Sometimes we want that microwave healing, right? That happens right then and there. The alarm goes off, the dinger goes off, the timer goes off, and 
okay, where's my healing? Because I'm, I'm on to my next thing. No, it doesn't work that way. We have to allow the Lord to not put a Band-Aid on us, but to heal our innermost parts that need to be healed. So that's how I want to leave us today is with that question. Are you ready? Because if you are, I want to pray over you for you to receive a healing today for God to start working in your life because only Jesus can do that. There is so much power in Jesus's name that the enemy trembles, that the demons flee, that Jesus could just speak out and, and people were healed. And he has given us that dominion and authority today to use his name, to use his power, to, to speak healing into other people's lives. And so I, I would just invite you to take up a position of, of whatever you're comfortable right now, whether that's sitting or kneeling or standing. And I would invite you to just open up your hands and, and receive today the healing that, that Jesus wants to give you in his name because it starts today. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that your word is filled with your promises and, and the life that you want us to have. And, and not once did it say that you're going to give us things that are going to hurt us, that you're going to give us diseases, that you're going to cause us pain, Lord. Not once in, the, in your word does it say that. And so we just rebuke the lies from the enemy and the lies that we have been believing over so many years. And we just stand on your promises and your word and your truth. We thank you for sending your son to come and walk this world, to show us what it looks like to follow you, to, to love you, to be in relationship with you. And we thank you that you sent him here to restore, to restore back to the original design that you had planted, which was nothing missing and nothing broken, your perfect peace. And so today, in Jesus' name, we claim your healing in our life. We claim that you move supernaturally in every area where we are struggling, where we're failing, where we're sick, where we're deceived where we need your healing touch and I just pray for everyone listening to my voice and watching me right now online Lord that you will just move in supernatural ways that you will heal them and make them whole that you will start them on a journey of healing and restoration Lord and in moving ways that only you can do we believe in that today Lord we believe in your promises and your faithfulness and your healing and we claim that for each person today Jesus, we just give you freedom to move and work in our lives. And we thank you and praise you for everything that you are going to do. We rebuke the enemy. We rebuke his diagnoses and his sicknesses and his depression and his disease and his disorder. We rebuke all of that. And we claim, Jesus, healing and wholeness and peace. 
And we thank you, Lord, for what you are going to do. And we ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus, who saves. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. And if you want more information, if you need prayer, if you need someone to, to help you walk alongside of you, I would love to do that. You can head to my website, amybauman.com. There's a prayer wall. There's a daily devotional. There's lots of resources for you as you're navigating this world and on your own journey. But to, to end us out today, we are just going to do one more song. We're going to just resonate and seal up everything that Jesus is doing for us because there is power in his name. And we are going to camp on that today to close us out. Thank you for being here. And until next time, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.